Welcome to another Verb Mono broadcast. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. This episode is brought to you by GoPro and the GoPro GromQuest. What you got to do, get yourself a GoPro, put it on your head, put it on your chest, whatever you need to do to fasten it to your body, go out and make some sick content. Then you're going to want to submit all of that content to GromQuest. Your, your footage needs to have somebody under the age of 18. So Slaw Dog, you're probably out of luck. We're going to link all of the information you need in order to be able to enter GromQuest in the show notes for this podcast, whether it's on YouTube or on wherever you find this podcast, Spotify, iTunes, heck, maybe you found it under a rock. I'm not entirely sure, but you found us. Super stoked on that. Like I said, I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. And before we get into our awesome guest, we also need to tell you that on September 15th through 17th at Next Level 101 in Graycourt, South Carolina, we are having the absolute most amazing event of the year. I don't care who you are. It's going to be an absolute banger. And it's the Verb Classic. Uh, two separate days of racing. Friday's the practice. It's going to be so amazing. Full contingency available for this. Hired guns are already confirmed for this race. And uh, we are super stoked. We're going to have Carson Brown there. We're going to have Jaden Cooper there. We're going to have Luke Fauser, as well as a James Stewart replica, including the one that I might be bringing. Uh, as well as Landon Gibson. But you know what? Those guys are all, those guys are old news. We need to talk about uh, the task at hand, and that is having a deep and dark conversation with none other than Dakota Baker. Dakota, welcome to the show. What's up? Dude, I'm, su- I'm super stoked to have you on. You're in, your, like, for those who are listening to this, Dakota has his full gaming setup right now with the headphones and, like, the microphone that he talks all kind of smack when he's just absolutely crushing fools at uh at mx sim um what's going on brother it's uh it's, it's midday for you i'm an hour behind but uh yeah i like the gaming setup you look good oh thank you oh uh, yeah it's 11 17 here we don't ride fridays it's just a hangout day relax recover okay from whatever whereabouts do you train at my friend uh ssr training facility is located in bowling green indiana okay. so and they were nice enough to hook you up with a hoodie. That is epic. Yeah. Uh, shout out to our friends over at uh, Fly Racing as well. I'm sure JT over there would just be stoked to see you rocking the uh, the new lid. Um, so tell me a little bit about that training facility uh, on a week-to-week basis. How long have you been there? And like you say, you, you don't ride Fridays. Why is that? And like, so w- what would like a week look like training uh, down at SSR? Um, yeah, we don't ride Fridays because there's – local races on the weekends we all go to so it's kind of our off recovery day to get ready for that do a little bike work. um yeah and then a normal day-to-day during the week is we get up eat a good breakfast go to the gym at um like nine to ten ish um do the gym do a little stretching and then go ride for however long during the day and then we go to the gym again at night we do Mondays we do um, cardio, Tuesdays we do weights, and then it would just over, like it, we repeat it on um, Wednesday and Thursday. Fair enough. What uh, what are you benching right now? What do you put up there on the weights? Um, I have a list on my phone of what I bench. I currently deadlift like 205. No doubt. Then I bench, yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah. Dude, that's sick. That's almost like two times body weight for uh... – <laughs> a deadlift that'd be like me deadlift deadlifting over 400 pounds so uh 
Yeah, hats off to you on that one. Uh, how like when young kids get into the gym, a lot of times, obviously, they hadn't done, they've never done it before, or they're unfamiliar with just like the whole process of of lifting weights and just like the form and stuff like that. Do they have coaches at SSR to sort of help you with like not only doing the lifts but doing it correctly? Um, yeah, last year we had a uh, pretty good coach. His name's Ross Munzer, mm-hmm. and then he went to club, but. We still like do all the stuff that he taught us. I mean, it's all the same kids. And then if there's any new kids, we kind of teach them. And then uh, the trainer now is Steven. He doesn't go in the gym with us, but he has a paper in there hung up of everything that we need to do. Fair enough. Yeah, follow along. And then you can share your information or your, what you've learned with that next generation, which is kind of ridiculous to say because you're still quite a young guy yourself. Um, so but you, you've been at this for quite some time. When did you first throw a leg over a dirt bike? Um, I think I got my first dirt bike. It was two and a half. And my dad had this like a little electric controller because I obviously couldn't turn. So he just like shut it off whenever I was about to hit something or whatever. But I didn't start racing until I was like five. Okay. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. So, so it was, originally it was like an RC dirt bike and you were just on it. Your dad was like controlling yeah. it like a video game. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, literally. That's that's actually pretty sick, and and maybe like that's the, maybe that's the new progression. Instead of having a kid on like a P dub, it's dads on the start line, just like the kids just fasten to it. You just like zip tie their hands to the handlebars. And uh, uh, what did you think of uh, at uh, Loretta's that one kid? His boots get stuck in the mud, and he races an entire P dub race in his socks. Like, are you on that program? Heck no, dude. That was sick. I was standing down there at the impound because I have a little friend that races speed ups yeah. and the kid came off just crying. His, his feet were all chafed up, bleeding. His socks were literally torn to shreds. I was like, what in the world's going on? No doubt. Like, honestly, as a, as if I, I'm not a parent, uh, but if I had, if my kid was out there, I like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, ha- I'm hauling you in. Like, I, like, like, I'm not like waving the towel on the side being like, yeah, mess your feet up. This is yeah. going to be sick. Uh, especially because that wasn't even the last moto. They definitely got to ride again. I don't know if that kid went out for his third moto, but either way, uh, hats off. That is a gutsy performance. But uh, if we're talking about gutsy performances at Loretta's, I guess we talk. We got to talk about you because you're on the show right now. That kind of makes sense. You got your very first win in a moto at Loretta's. That is like for an amateur racer that, that it doesn't get any higher than that. That is the spot that you want to get, especially in uh, like on the mini bike classes. Like you think of the names that have won motos in those classes over the years, the Michael Lessies, the Ricky Carmichael's, the James Stewart's, the uh, yeah, the, the list absolutely goes on. Davey Millsaps, the whole nine yards. Uh, take me through the, the moto itself from beginning to end. I want corner by corner, play by play. Uh, and then uh, what, what you were thinking when you came across and uh, yeah, big, big number one up there and you get to put your bike on the stand. And uh, did you talk to, did you talk to Wygant or my buddy, uh, my buddy Zat? Wygant. Oh, nice. So uh, take me through the moto. Yeah. So we put that new Chad Watts engine. We'll get to that later. Oh, um, yeah. It got, it got a sick start. I came out like fourth in the, that first straightaway going down like after the first corner everybody faded that outside i just hugged the inside there was a nice little rut i took got out to the guy out front and just set sail yeah just just on the gas like 
was uh was that still when it was quite dry or had the had the rains came at that point oh the rains came it, it's, okay it was, so, it was it was yeah. soft okay okay yeah. so so in the future when dakota baker is racing pro and i'm i'm setting my fantasy lineup <laughs> and it happens to rain outside i'm like pencil this kid in he he got himself yeah. a moto victory at loretta's um but that had to have been cool like you, you like at that point like did you toss the goggles at any point during that moto no, I was oh. clean as day. Yeah, you're you're out front, so you're not even having to worry about that. Bike on the stand. Let's go talk to Wygant, and you got the medal. Where, where is the medal sitting right now? I'm surprised it's, it's not my... on you still. <laughs> no, it's in my room. I'm in my okay. camper right now at the training facility. So, yeah, yeah, it's that's in my room sick. at home. Heck yeah, dude. That's that's uh that's like that's bucket list stuff right there. Um, so we already mentioned Chad Watts, uh, and the engine. So we might as well like bring him into the conversation. Now, uh, a guy who I've had on the podcast a number of times before, uh, for those who don't know, Chad Watts was Ricky Carmichael's mechanic when he first turned pro all the way in throughout the, the beginning of the 2002 season or 2003 season, rather, um, Ricky's first season on the, on the two stroke. Uh, he also worked for Mikel Pashan and a bunch of other guys. Uh, but now he built like he he basically does his own thing now. Uh, Watts Perfections and the guy builds some of the most trick looking like he he likes to call the they've got Watt sauce all over them and they're just they're shiny and they're fast and and you get to reap the benefits of that because uh, yeah that's that's what's on the other end of your throttle cable. So um, tell me a little bit about working with Chad and uh, yeah he's he's a pretty interesting dude to say the least. Oh yeah, for sure he's pretty cool he's funny guy um but he uh like basically lives with one of the girls that trains at ssr her dad they had a my bike i had a lynx motor it just wasn't getting off the start and that was my biggest issue because all my motors i just i would have to come from last basically to get up inside the top 20 but i didn't even know about it it was we were trying to, we were in the whole shot pit one day that didn't have a moto at the ranch. And it, we were just practicing starts over and over because I couldn't get one. And I didn't know about it, but the next morning of the day of the moto I won, my dad walks up to me and hey, and said, Hey, we put Callie, the girl, it's her, the, it's the girl's name. We hmm. put her motor in your bike. I was like, What? Because I didn't know who Chad was at the time. Yeah. And no I kind of talked to him. I kind of talked to him underneath the uh, the pavilion at the start. And because I know her bike's ripped, she's pulled whole shots on me at SSR and at all the local tracks because we go to the same ones. So I knew her bike was fast. So I had full confidence in this motor. And I went out, got a sick start, and put the bike out oh. front. See you later. So that, that if, if that's yeah. not an ad for Watts Perfection, I don't know what is. I was struggling with starts. They threw a motor that I'd never even ridden on before in my entire life. I grab a whole shot and I just set sail for the, uh, for the victory. So uh, I feel like that's a testimonial that needs to be on his website. If he in fact has one. Um, let's talk a little bit about like the approach to racing aside from like, obviously you race and train at SSR or you ride and train there. You're, you're working, you're doing the bike work, you're off the bike work. Um, but you also mentioned going to some, local races and i think that's very important for the development of young riders uh to learn how to like learn how to pass learn, learn how to work through traffic 
uh, as just racecraft in general. Uh, what's your approach to that? How often do you get behind a gate when it's not uh, a big national or uh, like say like a Texas two-step or something along those lines, like, yeah. or like a big, obviously like your areas and regional qualifiers. Um, yeah, I have this track. It's like an hour away from SSR. It's called Lincoln trail. They actually had a little bike regional this, <laughs> this, yeah, this year. I'm familiar and, with that. Okay. Yeah. It's a pretty sweet track. There's two tracks. There's a race this weekend, actually. It's because it's Labor Day. So it's practice on Saturday and then race Saturday and Sunday. So they have two tracks. So it's first motos on one track and second motos on the other track. Oh, neat. So, okay. Yeah, it's pretty okay. sweet. It's a pretty fun track if you guys haven't been. Yeah. Uh, well, we do a shred tour there every year. Unfortunately, yeah. due to like, like uh, I'm on the sales side as well as doing podcasts with Verb. So uh, uh, the budget was totally baked out this year to send me to Lincoln trail. So I got clipped. Um, They're like, you stay in Canada. Think about what you did. Uh, so, but uh, I'm, I'm on a mission to make sure that I go to all the shred tours next year, uh, which would include Lincoln trail and, and, and meeting Luther and the whole nine yards. Uh, so I'm stoked on that. Um, but yeah, so you, you ride there quite a bit. Like what's, what's your favorite part about those two tracks? Um, there's a, um, uh on the so it's called the bomber track that's the one that they raced at the verb at the verb uh shred tour this yeah. this year i was there it was a fun event but there's nice. this like it kind of goes down in the woods down a hill and then it kind of 180s and come back up and you jump out that's a pretty fun part of the track and then on the other track it's pretty much the same thing there's like a big step down triple down into the woods and you turn and there's like these kind of like they're like mini super cross sweeps. They're kind of fun to like jump through and come back up. I like it. Um, so on, on, in the not so distant future, uh, like, and I know this because I've been trying to, uh, to hit up some kids to be hired guns at, uh, at our verb classic 99% of the kids that uh, are notable on super minis are going to uh, SMX in Chicago. Uh, yeah. Are you on that list or what? Like, are you on, like, are you, you're, are you, you're not on super minis yet, are you? No, unfortunately, okay. no, I'm not on that list. Um, we tried to, but no, Fair enough. not this so, year, I guess. Not this year. Well, cause you're still quite young. How old are you? 15, but I think this is my last year in 85s. So I think we're going to do so? Honka and Minios and then go either to 125s or super minis we don't know okay okay all right well it is honestly it's funny i, I talked to uh k johnson and they, he said that was a huge reason like the 125 was a huge reason why he ended up st going with yamaha uh all the way back in 2017 when they signed and he rode the 65 uh is that eventually you could spend that one year or po maybe possibly two years on a on a on a 125 because i think it's a great stepping stone as far as yeah. like progressing your career you get used to the longer chassis bigger wheels the whole nine yards uh and then you don't burn up a year of like say like because if you say if you if you went to say if this was your last year on big bikes next year you would be 250b and schoolboy two the year yeah. after that you're in a class the year after that you have to go pro like unless yeah. you just sort of like hang out in the a class for a couple of years um and yeah it, it really sort of pigeonholes kids to like you basically have to figure it out in 24 months before you go pro so i think that's maybe just adds that extra year like i talked to uh, casey cochran about the same thing and he basically echoed that he's like yeah like having that 125 like obviously coming off of 80s like it's still a two-stroke so a lot of like the just the riding style and the things that you're used to they're tr they translate but also uh having a bigger bike and being able to jump those 
a big jump's a little bit easier on a on a big bike rather than a on 80 have you have you spent any time on a big bike or are you just you 80s all the time um i've like messed around on my friends 250s just rode them around the track um they're fun but I feel like I definitely need to go to 125s instead of like making the big jump from super minis to 250s. Absolutely. And if you're going to ride 250, you might have to put like a couple of bricks in your pocket because you're what, like 115 pounds? Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere like, around there. Like yeah. actually, though, that's, that's ridiculous. Uh, but you're, yeah, you're a little guy, but that, that's going to serve you well later on in moto life because me at six feet tall, I like it, it doesn't go well on starts. I'm just going to go out and say that especially when I try and race my 125. Um, so tell me a little bit about like the sport itself and, and you following it. Like, do you, do you follow like professional racing or are you so locked yeah. in on, on Dakota's world that you're not like, is like, you're like jet who, uh, or are you just like, are you gobbling the stuff up too? No, I follow the industry. I think it's pretty cool. Okay. Um, watching jet ride. He's like, it's sick watching him ride. He's like the, he has the perfect form so it kind of like during like yesterday i rode and my trainer was showing me videos of how he like keeps his back flat and just try to keep the form good yeah because he's such a smooth rider but yeah i follow it i mean i went to iron man did the i watched all that watched yeah. the combine yeah Okay, so yeah you were in you were in uh in iron man and you you did quite well there if i'm not mistaken How'd that go? Yeah. Walk me through it. I got my first moto of, I think it was 85. Um, I crashed in the first corner and came back to like, I don't know. And then saying on the first lap, I crashed again. So it was a rough first lap. Okay. And then I came back to like fifth, that, that moto. And then that same class, the second moto, I was winning. And then my front end just kind of pushed over a rut on like the last lap, like two corners to go. And the kid got around me. Okay. But the other two classes I won. Fair enough. So on one, two classes, you were more like jet. And for that other class, you were more like Chase Sexton. Yeah. Just could not put a moto couldn't, together. Couldn't put it together. He, like if, if, Chase, if Chase is a listener, he's going to kill me. Uh, but <laughs> Well, it's in jest. We know that guy. Like, the funny thing, actually, like you, you can kind of weigh on the on this. A year ago, before Jet turned on four fifties, like every, all every all anyone was talking about was how picture perfect Chase was, and it was like he's putting the boots to Tomac in the outdoors, and look, look how look how technical he is. And I, I wonder, like, what how that would feel for Chase a year ago. Everyone saw it talking about how good you are on a dirt bike. Spin the clocks forward twenty, like like. 12 months and now no one can like everyone no one will shut up about how good jet is like i don't think chase has gotten any worse but it's amazing the fact that uh jet has actually sort of like maybe surpassed his own like the taking the things that jet or chase does so well and just like maybe put an exclamation point on that like you're right like the way he keeps his back so flat like there's certain laps where he looks like he's trail riding out there because he's so upright and sort of like just sort of putting his bike through the corners and then you look at the lap time and he's three seconds faster than everybody. You're like, how does that work? Yeah. I feel like that's a big part. Like it looks like he's riding at like 90% and just keeping his, like just saying so consistent where chase is like riding at 120% trying to keep up with jet and just mm -hmm. making them little mistakes that cost them to be on the ground. Fair enough. Yeah, no, I, I think you're totally right. When you ride over your head and you, you get to test to this, 
when you're right over your head that's when you make mistakes like yeah. you're you're rushing things uh i'm sure that moto that you won at loretta is like you probably felt slower in that just like yeah. sort of like just hitting your marks and doing your thing rather than like a moto where you got a bad start where you passed like 50 dudes um that like obviously you, you didn't win that moto and you you weren't like lap time wise you probably weren't as fast but like you're chucking the bike around and you're you're cooking the corners and all that stuff uh it's, it's kind of interesting to think of it that way yeah yeah totally um the moto i won i was like out and i was just like cruising like i was riding at like 75 percent, just trying to hit my marks because it was muddy and it was the track was just forming up weird mm -hmm. compared to all the other motos when i was coming from the back of the pack yeah i get yeah exactly what you said yeah and like so, honestly like not to cut you off there but like in the 85 classes the thing i noticed and like obviously if you go to Loretta's, if you're in, say, like the top 25, every single one of those kids shows up expecting to be a top five kid. Every single one of them. Yeah. Like that is the expectation. So obviously when you come around the corner in 25th, that's not where you want to be. And what I was blown away by, especially earlier when it wasn't muddy, is that you got like 25 kids who are all some like they, they all expect to be moving forward. And like there, it's just if you're not passing somebody, you're getting passed by somebody. And like, there's just rippers everywhere and everyone's got a strong engine and everyone knows how to corner. It's a, it's a really interesting sort of like a, a race to watch, especially for how long it is. Like, it's one thing to see like a chaotic first couple of laps and then things settle out. It's not that way in that class. Yeah. Like, there's literally kids, kids for 20 minutes. Is, I need to get up front. Dad's going to kill me if I don't. <laughs> Yeah, it's almost like a pro motocross first lap of yeah. just like, but it's the whole moto, just whole kids moto. everywhere. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and like, yeah, kids going down, kid like, and kids get back starts, or you go down on the first lap and then rip people yeah. back the whole nine yards. So, um, yeah, like that, that's that's crazy, dude. So, uh, possibly one twenty fives next year, possibly two fifty fs. Which would you prefer? Like, you, you you mentioned you spent some time on some four strokes. Have you ridden a one twenty five before? Like. I don't actually. Yes. Yeah. I uh -huh. rode my fringe. I just did like a half a lap on it. Okay. Yeah. It was, it was fun. I think it was like a 2017 though. So it was nothing new. Fair enough. Well, so, uh, I raced in 2016. So, you know what? Don't, don't bag on the old technology. It's uh, it might still get the job done. Um, actually the funny thing that I was talking to you about with uh, Casey Cochran is that he said that his super mini felt faster than his 125. Yeah. Is that obviously like, you can pack a lot of horsepower into a very small bike that doesn't weigh a whole lot. Like a, a 125, like just by the size of it is going to be heavier. They're, they're actually a little bit more gutless than some of the things that like that, uh, that Chad Watts engine that you're, uh, you're sporting now. Um, yeah. I, me and my dad actually listened to the K Johnson podcast okay. with you last night. And Killer. he was like talking about the 125, how you have to like stay wide open around all the outside berms. I feel like if you can do that on 125, it's definitely faster than a super mini. But like off the start, at I feel like a super mini is faster. You got all that like the bot, like the top end, just off the gate, just instantly yeah. go. Or the 125s just kind of like luggish, just like yeah, oh. yeah. And yeah. then obviously, like yeah, the the gearing can be a lot different as well. And just the fact that a super mini is probably tipping the scales at like 150 pounds where a 125 is easily 40 pounds heavier. So 40 pounds heavier and not more than maybe five, 10 at the absolute more most like horsepower wise. 
uh power to weight ratio yeah like little kids absolutely fly i think that that's what i at least like when i'm getting passed by kids on super minis when i'm on my 252 stroke like i think like it's like power to weight it's just about power to weight that's 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 why they're beating me it's not because i'm 30 and uh and they're just fast um and yeah you've been probably going faster than me since you were on 65s um what else man we mentioned that you uh you like to play some mx sim like do you like do you like do you make dakota baker in there or do you like ride as as like a pro i've never played the game uh i just see like these crazy whips that people do and stuff like that yeah it's a sick game yeah you can make like custom gear i have a friend that i don't know how to make gear but my friend makes me some pretty sick stuff are you good are you good at are you good at the game i'm decent i mean i can get around the track without crashing Okay. But there's this thing called RF. I do some of that. It's it's really like pro motocross, but in the game, like there's points that you chase, oh, wow. and there's you do all the like they make all the actual pro motocross rounds that you can that you race. Mm-hmm. There's it's literally like pro motocross. You got to qualify to get into the event. And no way. Yeah, you, you do two thirty minute motos, and then you do the supercross season too. No doubt. So like you're you're getting like a pro experience. It's, like yeah, it's, yeah, it's like i racing. Yeah, I like it's, it. It's pretty fun. That's cool. That's cool. What what, what was your favorite uh, national track this year? Then like you must like you must have uh, gone on and like raced Red Bud or Southwick. Yeah. Okay. I liked on on the game. I liked Washuga a lot. That track is okay. fun. Yeah. And I like those whoops before the finish line. Like you d- you double through them or you skim them. You can do both. You go out. You can go outside, skim through them in the game, or you can go inside, kind of like double, triple, or whatever through them. All right, cool, cool, cool. All right, finish this sentence for me. Uh, in five years, Dakota Baker will be pro. Be pro. I like it. That is that is about as laser focused as it could possibly be. Um, dude, this has been a very fun conversation. I really appreciate you making some time for me. Uh, yeah, we're going to have to do this again because you're a damn good interview. Uh, but I know you also have a ton of great sponsors that help you out and, and people who hook it up. Uh, we also got to give a huge shout out to your dad for having an email account oh, that yeah. I could reach here. So like, that's what, that's what made this whole thing possible, but, uh, run down those sponsors for me, uh, and, uh, and, and let them, let everyone know who, who makes this whole thing uh, go for you. Oh yeah, I'd like to thank my mom, my dad, just for everything they do for me, get me to where I'm at right now. Um, SSR for training me, putting up with me. Um, Mo Tool, Moto Muck, Chad Watts definitely for the sick engine. Um, Factory Connection for some good suspension. Fly Racing, Hoosier Tire, Tamer Whole Shot Device, CTI Knee Braces, Scott Goggles, Micah Metals, and B52 Hanger MX killer man yeah that's an impressive list and i'm sure it's only getting longer as we go along um you're just getting hooked up left right and center uh dude i think you probably got to go do some bike work you got to go change some like uh, rinse out some air filters and uh and you got to stop talking to me so uh yeah this has been awesome um appreciate you coming on dude no problem thank you cool dude well We'll edit it right there. We'll cut things off. And uh, yeah, that was a good podcast, dude. I enjoyed that conversation. That was sweet. Sick. Yeah, definitely going to have to do this again. Definitely. Absolutely. Hey, anytime you want to come on, you you dial me up or your your old man shoot me a message on Instagram. Uh, and maybe, maybe I'll like, now that I have a, my, actually, it's funny, I'm using my chick's gaming PC because at one point she like thought she was going to be like a little gamer girl or whatever. So maybe I'll get like MX Sim and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll uh, get myself coached up and, uh, yeah, I'll come after you. 
Yeah. I like it. Alrighty, well, till next time. Until Peace. next time, you have yourself a good one. Take care, big guy. Thank you. Cheers.